0: this past Sunday was Shavasa and that's the beginning of the three weeks and I wanted to talk a little bit about what Shavasa B'tamus itself as a fast day represents and it'll give us a deeper understanding to the meaning of the three weeks, what 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 exactly the nature of this Avelis is all about. Um, we know that the fast of Shavasa B'tamus, it's a Mishnah, it tells us it was established for five things, so the most no, no, you know, the most known one, the most uh, the one that we relate to the most, is the fact that the walls of Yerushalayim were breached. Uh, and that was the beginning of the process of the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. So we understand how that kind of kicks off the three weeks. The Beis HaMikdash's destruction was a process that began with Shabbat batamas and it ended with the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash on Tisha Bav. So we hear how that applies to uh, Shabbat HaMas. Likewise, another thing that happened on Shabbat HaMas, was that, I don't think it was, it wasn't in the same year, but in a different year of the siege, on Shavasa Betamos, the, they stopped giving uh, live. you know, the, the, the Rishline was under siege, they didn't have access to animals to be able to bring carbonus but they used to bribe the soldiers, they would lower, lower gold and silver, and they would send back a, a sheep so that they could bring the carbon tamid, which was the carbon that absolutely had to be brought every day, and then on Shavasa Betamos, they stopped doing that, they sent up a pig, and from that point on, there were no more carbonus and that was the last of any carbonus ever brought. Ever right so that also was a, a element of the destruction of the Beit that that's when Karbanis stopped being brought so those two we can understand very easily what that has to do with the three weeks but there's another three things that we fast for on the three weeks and those are a little harder to understand that's what I want to talk about tonight one of them is as a tire. someone named Apustemis burnt a sefer tire another one is it was Shrias Saluchais that was the day that Moshe Rabbeinu came down and saw the egal and broke the luchais and the third is there was Someone set up a idol in the of Mikdash itself. So this might have been, to different opinions, it might have been King Menashe, who was quite a bit before the carbon Beis Mikdash, some 150-200 years before the carbon Beis HaMikdash, or it might have been someone closer to the time of the carbon Beis HaMikdash, some 15 years before. What do these three things have to do with uh, three weeks and the eventual carbon of the Beis HaMikdash? So let's begin with Saraph Apostamus burnt the tire. Who was Who was this person? No one ever heard of him before. So Apostomus, according to a number of Rishinim, was an, an envoy of the Roman Caesar. And this was a point when the Romans already basically ruled over Eretz Yisrael before the Harbin, but they already had ruled over Eretz Yisrael at the point. The Harbin only began because the Jews revolted. So the Romans were ruling and they had instated a, uh, a Roman governor and they sent an envoy from the Caesar and his name was Apostomus. And Apostomus was was uh, attacked by bandits and he, everything he had was stolen. And they blamed all the Jewish Um, villages around for not making enough of an effort to stop the bandits, not making enough of an effort to try to catch them, to do something about it. And they therefore took out their anger against those Jewish villages, and one of the things this apostomist did in an act of defiance, he took a saboteur and he burnt it. So we can say that yes, that's a terrible thing, a saboteur getting burnt, but it's a little hard to understand that that particular incident of burning a Sefer Torah would be the reason why they made a fast day of Shabbat Shabbat-Tam. One would imagine that when they burnt the Beis Mikdash, many Sefer Torah got burnt. They burnt on Yerushalayim. Hundreds, I'm sure, of Sefer Torah got burnt. Throughout history, Sefer Torah got burnt. It's terrible, but why would that be the reason? This, what was special about this event, that they made Shabbat Sivitam. But if you look in um, some of the mafarshim on the Mishnah, they say it says s Hatira, the specific Torah. It was a very special Torah that he burnt. It wasn't just any Torah. It was the Torah that Ezra HaSeifer wrote, or some according to some opinions. And this probably uh, depends if it was first Masechet Me'itzah, second base of Me'itzah. It was the same Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote, and this is very, a very, very um, gives a whole new angle to what happened over here. This Apostolomus, he didn't just burn any Tyre, he burned the master copy of the Tyre, which means Ezra Cypher was the master copy that all other Cipher Tyre were copied from. And actually from when that Cypher Tyre of Ezra was lost and destroyed, we lost our ability to know exactly what's supposed to say in a Sefer Torah. And there are two very, very different minhagim. One is called Ben Asher, it was one school. Ben Naftali, another school. And as a result of the Machlaikas, there are many differences in how to write a Sefer Torah, we can never be sure if our Sefer Torah is kosher or not. And as therefore, if you find, let's say, on Shabbos, you're laying in a Sefer Torah and it's missing a Vav, you don't put back the Sefer Torah because maybe, who knows, maybe it's supposed to be missing a Vav there. So our whole messaira, our whole transmission of Torah be was dealt a a crippling blow when he burnt the Sefer Torah. We now lost our ability to have a clear um, transmission, a clear Maseira of what is supposed to say in the Sefer Torah, and that was the be a beginning of Kharban Hatira, at least the Tishah one other thing that happened in the in in was Shviras The Luchos were broken. When was this? This was during the Chaita Egal. Now, what's interesting is that the Egal is a tremendous catastrophe in Jewish history. It was one of the greatest sins that Klal Yisrael did. Second only, probably, to the Chetir Miraglim. The Chetir Miraglim is part of why we fast on Tishabov. That happened on Tishabov and that was ultimately the cause of the, the harbin itself. But the Chetir Murag of the Egal, which was a huge avera, and we constantly are paying for it, what fast day is there for the the Egal? And the answer is it's this. It's the fast of Shavasar Batamuz is there for the the Egal, because what happened is, Maishu Rabbeinu came down, he saw the Egal, and he threw the Luchas down, and he broke them. But what's interesting is, is that the thing that we're really fasting about, the thing we're sad about, is the fact that the luchas got broken. And what was the importance of that? The importance was, the Gemara says in Erebus, that when the the luchas got broken, we lost our ability, uh, if if we would have had the first luchas, the Gemara says, we would have never forgotten any Tyra. Any Tyra we would have learned would have stayed in our head forever. And think about it. I think most of us can say that we can fill up books and books and books of what we've forgotten, right? And what we actually remember, we have very little bookcase that we can fill with that one. But what we've learned and forgotten, who knows how much that is, right? So you think about it. That when when that the first luchais were broken, it created a confusion that we also we never recovered from. When Moshe Rabbeinu died, three thousand halachas were forgotten. Then uh, throughout history, more and more was forgotten, and there is machleikus and. and and Therashabalpah is full of machis and, and and lack of clarity as a result of this event. So now we start seeing the combination of the two things. The Shvir Salukais plus the Sarapapustamasira all represent a aspect of Kharbin that Avera, the Egal, and other Khatim brought about that our Messiras Ataira got. Diminished our ability to know and understand what it is Hashem wants from us became weaker, and the Gra says that really the carbon of the Beis Hamikdash, the biggest damage that the carbon caused, was neviyaha uh, mal, uh, bagayim ein That's what he says. He says the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash caused that we don't have the ability to understand Torah the way we used to. When the Beis HaMikdash was here, there was a Shefa that came down from Shemayim. It was the clarity. There was a Seyat There was an ability to retain, to understand and to, to, to teach and to be Mechadish, Chidu Torah. And the Grah says that from when Rabbi Kiva died, which was right after the Charbin, no one else could come up with original Chidusha Terah anymore. At that point, what we do is we understand what's been written already. But there was something that the Terah took a blow with the carbon Beis HaMikdash, and we say it every day when we finish Shemane right? We say, Because that's when it happens. When the Beis HaMikdash will get rebuilt, we will get back our Chalak and we will we'll be able to realize our full mission, which is to to every one of us has this mission, to clarify a piece of Torah. Every every one of us has that—a man, woman, and child—all together. That's our 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 job in life. It's so to speak to recognize what it is that Hashem wants from us. What it is our our own unique job, and that became that much more difficult and that much more almost impossible with the destruction one after another. The luchais the hafsar of apostamas, the satyra, the sefer Tyra of Ezra, the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. And that, together, forms an understanding of why it is that Shavas batamas begins the mourning period of the three weeks and what it is that we're mourning during the three weeks. We're mourning something that steadily is diminishing as we see it, generation after generation, perhaps every two years. We see a diminishing in Tyra. And we see diminishing in tarah in many ways. We see a diminishing of Tyra where... Mm. Us, perhaps, we see how much less we understood or had an appreciation for Jewish values, for Jewish emotion, for feeling the yamim t'ayvim, for feeling the times of Tisha than our parents had, than our grandparents had. And we see the generations that follow us, how they lo- they're losing even more of an appreciation for some of these things. We see how values and, and morals and, and ideals that we had are becoming now questioned as the generation goes along. And these are all tyrants. That's what Taira is, and Taira is getting diminished as time passes. The further we are from the Beis HaMikdash, and the further we are from the Shreya Salukhais, and from this Sarf Apostolim Es HaTaira. And that's what we're mourning, and as that, by mourning it, essentially what we're doing is we're trying to retain it. We're trying to remember it. The same way when you mourn a person, you're trying to remember that person. You're trying to hold on to what you have from that person, so that it doesn't get forgotten, and it doesn't get diminished, and it doesn't get weakened. And that's how... uh, Fast of sar of Shiva Sebetamos touches on all those Nakudas, so much so that we are meant to work on that during this time, and the concept of a tzelam an idol being put into the Hekal, is a symbolic point where. That's the holiest place, and yet Tummah is being introduced, and the walls of Yerushalayim being breached also was allowing the non-Jews into our holiest of places, our holiest of city, and then they could defile it. And that's also a a symbolism that's important for us as well, that... What the only thing we can do really to protect ourselves from diminishing, protect ourselves from watering down our values and our ideals, is if we can make a holy enough place where we can keep everything out. We can keep those outside influences away, so that we can build and we can reinforce and we can strengthen all those ideals that we are so precious to us. So the all the five Nikudas of Shavasa Bhattamas are the things that we're meant to think about during the three weeks. How the Torah we have what, how it's different than what our parents and grandparents had and how perhaps it seems to be getting diminished with the coming generations and what we can do to see that the tzalem doesn't get put into our house, the tzalem doesn't get put into our heichal, and the walls remain whole and unbreached, and we can keep the outside influences away so that we can strengthen our values, strengthen our ideals. And with that, Be'ez HaShem hasten the coming of Mashiach Sikenu. Thank you very much. Good night. Have a good job as everybody.